0: Hi, this is Kate Flannery, Meredith from The Office, and you're listening to
1: That's What She Said.
2: That's What She Said, episode 130, Mrs. California.
3: Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling, so...
1: That's What She Said! (laughs) Suicide doors on my 57 Chevy Roll around town like a hero.
2: I got you
4: on
1: my mind. Just like all the time. Pedal down, nowhere to go. I just came-
2: and welcome to episode 130 of That's What She Said, a podcast about the Emmy Award winning NBC show. The Office. As always, I'm your Human Resources Coordinator, Matt Summer, and this week we're going to be taking an in-depth and spoiler-filled look at the ninth episode of Season 8, entitled Mrs. California, which originally aired Thursday, December 1st, 2011. You know, I wish they all could be California girls. Don't I? Or not? Uh, a little help? Robert? Jim? Anyone? When Roberto Californo sends Andy mixed signals about hiring the missus, bitch, it leads to an afternoon of fun and bafflingly nervous anxiety. What I wouldn't give for one of Phyllis' classic room-clearing farts right now. (laughs) Meanwhile, Dwight starts a gym, Daryl continues his season-long character arc, and Kathy continues to exist. Damn, who'd have thought that Jim was such a nimble little minx? Nothing motivates like bowel-clenching fear, I guess. Lots to discuss, lots to talk about. Let's head on over to the water cooler.
5: It's a real shame, because studies have shown that more information gets passed through water cooler gossip than through official memos, which puts me at a disadvantage, because I bring my own water to work. what did you do the, I didn't do it. Oh, the water cooler was brought
2: over here for maintenance. So what do you guys hear? What's the scuttlebutt? All right, and joining me at the water cooler this week is our dear friend, our our new hire in the accounting department, Kevin Hmm. Crossman. And Kevin, I just want to let you know just sit there and be quiet. And if you have a question, just raise your hand. But I'm going to save you some time, sweetie, and give you the answer right now. I don't know.
6: Anyway, how you doing? Well, hello, Matt. Good to be with you again. And I just want to give a shout out to a long forgotten friend. Uh, we hear the song every week, but a lot of people don't recall that the theme song for that. So she said is by the artist called Corporate Whore. And the song is called You Want, and I happen to like the song. I like hearing it each week, so I thought I'd give them a shout-out. Well,
2: I do too. I don't know if it's still available. We do have a link to purchase the theme song on the blog page. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. Downloaded that kind of uh, sort of public domain kind of thing there for podcasters to use all those five years ago. And it's still rocking. I do still enjoy it myself. But, uh, anyway, I guess we're here to talk about Mrs. California. (laughs) Yep. So... Kevin, um, biggest thing I want to start off with here because we kind of talked last week about the stunt casting of Mara Turney as mm-hmm. the uh, you know as the aforementioned Mrs. California, and I you know I really enjoyed her comedic work on uh, news radio, and I mean I know that she's not really super crazy. She played kind of the straight man character uh, in a lot of ways on that show, kind of with Dave Foley. Yep. Um, so I'm not really sure what I was expecting, but I I kind of left this episode feeling like that she really didn't bring anything to this part that couldn't have been played by any other actress out there. I mean, I don't know. What did you think about that? Was more tyranny? was it worth it to get such a big-name star uh, to play this role on this episode?
6: Well, I don't know how much I would call her a big-name star. I mean, she's certainly not anonymous. She's not well, a – Broad. Lind- on
2: ER for she's, how many she's years? Not, I mean.
6: She's no Lindsay Broad, let's face facts. <laughs> but <laughs> –
2: You almost got me to
6: do a spit take on that one, so good timing, but yes. You know, uh, she's certainly less notable than the person who plays her husband on the show. And I thought there was enough there with some of the revelation stuff that I thought she, that there was a certain kind of energy and a rapid fire delivery that was needed. And I thought she performed well. That being said, I don't disagree that there probably could have been dozens, hundreds of actresses who could have done the same thing. But uh, I thought she did fine. I, it certainly was a more notable, more more memorable character than Robert California's son, who I didn't, <laughs> I mean wasn't very endearing. And obviously, with this new character, this provides ample opportunity for the writers to provide uh, insight into his life and backstory and all these other things so that's uh, the new fresh perspective we're getting this year I guess. with the loss of steve carell but so uh, but in terms of the casting i thought she was fine uh, you know she certainly provides enough gravitas so to speak to go head to head with spader in this case
2: yeah i mean i guess i my the reason i brought that up is because i just i did sort of feel like that this character was so sort of uh, tapioca almost i mean there was there was a little bit of Hidden depth to it, kind of the you know the the talking head about how you know how she stole Robert you know from his ex other wife or something like that, and uh, there was um, I don't know she just seemed really kind of bland and boring and didn't really I don't know she spent most of the episode just being kind of like befuddled and uh, and perplexed.
6: Yeah. Well, but she did put two and two together there pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean it was it wasn't hard to figure something was awry the way Andy Andy was acting. No, you know, don't let's not turn her into Sherlock Holmes. But at the same point, once she kind of got going there, she did push the right buttons to get Andy to say certain things or not say certain things to again <laughs> put two and two together. Yeah, and then the way she confronted Robert with the whole situation, and then of course, yeah, what are we to make it, of that it's, ending it's, bit? It's there. a date. What does that mean? is this some kind of
2: another illicit affair thing going to happen between the two I, I i don't know i don't i mean this is obviously you know despite <laughs> despite what you said i mean i don't know she does seem kind of to be a sort of bigger uh, guest star than they usually would have on the office for uh, a, such a minor bit part so i mean are we seeing this character return for some development Later on down the line i I don't know I, it's definitely ended on a
6: very strange note, absolutely Matt. I think she should return. It certainly was left open. I would welcome it. I think that it would provide some energy with the Andy character to see him being pursued by this aggressive, presumably woman. I think that would be interesting, so yeah. and I like my attorney too so i I suppose, but um you know we talked
2: about this. it gives more insight into Robert California. I keep feeling like it's only been nine episodes, and we've already seen way too much into this guy. You know, he's not really a mystery anymore. I mean, yeah, this episode, he really was very weird and very schizophrenic and kind of crazy uh, in in his behavior. But, uh, I mean, his wife certainly seemed
6: fairly normal. Um, but again, she was twisted, too, with some of the way, again, that parking lot encounter was very, very odd. Yeah, well, I mean, up until that you know, point, in that, in that, she seemed very respect- normal. I mean, yeah, but that's, really the whole, nice. <laughs> but that's the whole point is it's the it's the weird underlying strangeness, which I think explains why these two are married, right? Because Robert California's got kind of an odd oddball
2: there. Well, I mean he has that uh see, you know, he has that charismatic charm, which is what drew sure. us into him in the first place. So yep. you know I can see how you might have that effect on uh on some Woman under his employ, perhaps. Uh-huh. But uh, so, so let's 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 talk about Andy in this case. Okay, let us talk about Andy.
6: What did you think about his apparent inability to figure out how to get from A to Z with these instructions? Did you buy <laughs> the I don't know what sort of mixed signals you're getting bullshit that the writers were trying to get us to believe that he believed? Um, you know what? For for
2: Andy's character, uh, I I think that it was believable for me, um, because Robert California played it so crazy on both ends. Uh-huh. You know, he comes in with that ultimatum by under no means should you hire this woman, and then Andy Andy just kind of plays along. You know, he's like, I'm sorry, we have no room for you, and he's like, that's ridiculous. You know, you <laughs> know, just it, and he just was so he's not smart enough to really play the angles, I guess. And I I, I believed it. I, I did feel like his tortured kind of you know day there in the office seemed pretty believable with the character. I don't know. I, I don't know if you're asking that because you did not think it was very believable. But what was your take on that?
6: I did not believe it. I, I did not think that anybody of reasonable sound mind would go there. That being said, let's talk about the other dummy in the office in this episode. And that is Mr. (laughs) Mr. Jim Halpert, who for once didn't play it smart and sophisticated like he has been for the most of the season. He played it. Well, he at least played it emotionally grounded. And, uh, you know, why wouldn't you want to work with your wife point of view? But he he played kind of stupid also. Why didn't he say something to Andy like, Andy, Duh, let's figure this out. Although, <laughs> I have to say, the saving grace for this episode, because, I mean, we haven't even talked about the B-plot with Dwight's gym and largely throw away, I Dwight's would argue. Dwight's for muscles, you mean? It, yeah. And, <laughs> but that whole sequence where the the shit's going down in the conference room, you lying son of a bitch, and, and you know, <laughs> let's get Jim in here. And then you see the shot of Jim looking and sliding out and the whole, you know, trying to, you know, run away with his car and he leaves the car running in the parking (laughs) lot and tries to escape. It was so completely ridiculous. I mean, and you might argue less believable than Andy sort of being mixed up about the mixed signals. I would, but I thought, but I thought the rest (laughs) of it was so inspired and the gags that were all throughout that whole sequence to me were the saving grace for this episode, something we haven't necessarily seen very much and also I thought very, very funny. So well, to me, that was the sequence that's kind of turned this episode into what it could have been—a a C minus into uh, an average B.
2: Well, you know what though? That's kind of funny that you bring that up because I've, I, you know, I've said this a few times this season that it felt like The Office is coming to resemble a Simpsons episode more mm-hmm. than anything lately. And you know, I think that's by design because actually, you know, the the guy who wrote this episode this week is a longtime writer of The Simpsons. Yes, who uh, has actually written some of my favorite episodes? Just King Size Homer, um, where Homer you know gains up to three hundred pounds, so he can go on disability, uh, <laughs> and that was an early season classic. And that's you know he's written a few really good episodes. And to me, that whole thing with Jim and and Robert California chasing him and and Andy grabbing his foot and all that stuff was just that was like that was Homer Simpson, man. Jim was in a Simpsons episode right there because all that stuff that you said, and even though it was kind of funny. And I did laugh at it, and all the steps there—the whole, you know, getting out of the car and the, and the slide with the chair, like you said, and the, you know, Aaron's. Well, then he rolled away, and then he crawled away, and then, <laughs> and then the, the deleted scene where they show him hiding in the, 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 the supply closet and Vance refrigeration, and right. going up into the air ducts and stuff. I mean, it was so ridiculous. And at that point, you're kind of thinking to yourself, "Well, okay, I can laugh at this, and I can go with it, and it's kind of funny." Uh, but on the other hand, this is nothing like the show that we used to know four or five years ago <laughs> on The Office, you know. Um, we've kind of gotten to that point where you, I guess you have to kind of make that switch in your brain uh, to kind of enjoy the new direction that the show is taking, which is, uh, I'd say, a little less believable. Um, still, I am torn because, like I said, I did find it funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but,
6: eh, No more documentary. I don't think. All right, so let's talk about the B plot: the Dwight's gym for muscles, and of course, this was another Daryl centric plot line. Oh man, they're sure milking that. You know this. I I said that in the open. The
2: the you know we get more Daryl's season-long plot arc development. Uh-huh. Nine episodes. This has been so long in coming, and I cannot believe that this is what we're going to get. <laughs> we got, like, 18 more episodes of this.
6: Yeah, and it, I mean, so, again, we get to see Val here. Obviously, she's going to be sticking around for a while. Well, only in, like, I a d-
2: static camera shot, though.
6: Yeah, we don't, and we don't have it in the clips because it was all a visual gag, but I did actually enjoy the little montage of Daryl trying to hide his stomach <laughs> Whenever he's around Val, that was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, Would you like? Uh, did you enjoy Dwight's line about uh, why do you want to impress
2: Val Kilmer? <laughs>
6: yeah, I, di- I didn't like that. It, but that brings up an interesting point. There was a much higher than average number of popular culture references in this episode. Tons and tons of pop culture epi- uh, references. We had the Planet of the Apes reference with Andy. We had Val Kilmer. How about we Le-John had John Brames? Yeah, we had that. We had the Saw <laughs> reference uh-huh. or whatever movie reference. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. And I, again, maybe that's the sensibility here for the writer to be able to pepper this episode with those kinds of references. Well,
2: on the other hand, though, Kevin, no blurred dicks. Well. First they, time you in know, a while. <laughs> it can't all be perfect episodes, man. And it was a gym. So, you know, they had perfect opportunity. They could have figured it out somehow but um,
6: right they could have shown yeah gabe down doing his little pelvic squat or whatever it was getting that pelvic bowl deep yeah (laughs) well you know that's okay so that that episode
2: um i do have to say that that episode that that plot line was a little again it was a little ridiculous um a lot of the visual gags and again i don't know how successful you thought that was with dwight and his like yoke of gravel buckets and the uh the dedicated phone book ripping station <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: and all that stuff. Um, I know you're not a huge fan of the Hokey Shroot Farms, Cousin Moe's kind of stuff. So I don't know how that played out for you, but
6: um, they, didn't, they didn't they didn't overstay their welcome at least, which okay. was nice.
2: So just a couple of quick gags. Um, the thing with you know when when <sighs> I thought it was corny. This is the thing. It was corny, but you know Daryl kind of spurting out his goal, and you know which really isn't. I mean, is that does that come as a surprise to anyone ever in the history of television?
6: <laughs> well, as a viewer, it's not surprising, but to hear the characters say it that way, and to be, you know, especially in front of Dwight, I think that's that's not un uh, kind of unexpected. That it's not. It's actually a good re- revelation for the character.
2: Well, here's another thing. I don't know uh, how you want to deal with this, but. Uh, If you noticed that when he said that, when he yelled that thing out about Val, did you notice who was like three feet away on the elliptical machine?
6: Right. Our friend uh, Gabe.
2: Of course, you know, they had the deleted scene about how he was working out listening to Steve Martin. So maybe he was uh, listening to the Wild and Crazy Guy routine or something uh, while – Daryl gave that big thing. But, you know, that was kind of weird. It seems like a perfect opportunity to have to ratchet up that tension. Uh, but maybe they're dropping that. I don't know. I mean, we've had enough love triangles over the course of The Office. So
6: ah, but we, I don't know. We will see. And, and I, we'll play the deleted scene later. But I, there was a ton of really great material mm-hmm. uh, for that Jim plot line in the deleted scenes. And it's really too bad they didn't leave it in because there was a lot of good gags in there arguably a lot funnier and less repetitive repetitive than some of the you know, D- D- Dwight trying to push Daryl, which if they cut that kind of stuff in about, you know, 50%, it probably would have been just fine in, you know, getting to the point.
2: Alright, well, speaking of which, uh, talking about things to cut, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the cold open? How'd that work for you?
6: Uh, you know, it's stuff we've seen before. Dwight does something stupid and Jim kind of Makes him pay for it. Mm-hmm. Eh,
2: it was okay. It was okay. I was a little disappointed, I guess, as so- as someone who is pretty much on his feet all day. Um, uh, Dwight's a punk. He's a wuss. <laughs> Couldn't even last one one day. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it seems like it was a, it was a very clear attempt to kind of get back to one of those quote unquote classic. Mm -hmm. cold opens and, and, and pranks and, and there, you know, there's the formula there. Dwight deserves the prank because he's being a dick. Right. Um, you know, (laughs) so again, I mean, it was, it was okay, but seeing as how much good stuff was cut, uh, in the deleted scenes, I feel like that would have been a chance to really, uh, you know, I wish they would have just gone with, you know, started the episode right at the beginning. Um, and then gone into the you know the credits with Andy just kind of sitting there being all flummoxed about you know like what to do, right? Uh, as, and and they could have fit in all that other good stuff that really uh, was quite funnier than the cold open stuff, which absolutely. Are, I mean that's a good two minutes. You know we always yep. say that it's two minutes taken right off the episode, and episodes get shorter and shorter. So yep. alas, alas, but we will get to the deleted scenes, I guess, in a little while. So for me. What I think, I don't know, I guess to me, kind of middle of the road uh, here, not loving it, not really hating it. Um, Some good bits in there. The atmosphere was a little strange. I don't know, you know, we haven't really had kind of an awkward feeling episode like this for a while. Um, But I guess maybe you could argue that it really just wasn't awkward enough. Um, I mean, do you think they would that have helped things to kind of like ramp it up even more to make Andy even
6: more uncomfortable uh,
2: with this stuff?
6: I don't know how much more uncomfortable he could have gotten unless they showed him squirming in the parking lot. Well, okay. (laughs) So this episode was directed by co-executive producer and uh, frequent office writer Charlie Grandy. And this is the first episode he has directed for the series, although he previously did direct the podcast webisodes.
2: Yeah, and as I said, written by uh, consulting producer Dan Greeny, and this is his actual first office writing credit. So we got a couple of noobs here the last couple of weeks. Um, Just joined the eighth season. I previously worked with Greg Daniels on The Simpsons uh, way back in the day. So he was a writer during that, what I like to call the golden period of The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, good pedigree, I guess. But I'm not sure if that humor, you know, it's like I said, it's evolving. It's not quite the old reality-based office humor that we used to expect. But (laughs) alas, and as we said, let's talk about our guest star. So, of course, we had... Maura Tierney as the guest star playing Susan, California. And uh, Paul Lieberstein apparently said that he was a big fan of hers and said he was very excited for her to be on the episode. So I hope you really enjoyed that one line that they had together.
6: That was a funny line though. way. I, I made sure I, that was in one of the clips because I thought that was hilarious. It was kind of a funny line. But on
2: the other hand, I mean, he did run off to go to Costa Rica. I mean, that's a pretty interesting story to tell someone. I guess.
6: Me? I guess. But it was a funny line. <laughs> no. It was.
2: It was. <laughs> and as we already mentioned, <laughs> the third <laughs> appearance of Kathy taking up space, Kevin. And I just I don't understand why they're paying this woman to be on the show. Um, you know, I don't know if it's like the seat fillers in the Oscars or what the deal is or why they can't just have Pam's desk be empty. Uh, or you know maybe they have this huge plot built up for for Kathy coming up sometime soon, but the one line she's had in the last three episodes was actually in the deleted scenes.
6: Yeah, so. it's it, she. They certainly have not been using her very much. I mean, she was basically a plot device. Her first appearance there with Pam and Jim and that all all that business, and I guess it was notable in a way, of course, that we had Pam was on maternity leave. There was no births episode. She's just gone and Jim makes this sort of passing aside that she's on maternity leave. There's no mm-hmm. reference about the name of the kid or any, you know, confirming any of that, Philip, or whatever it is. So you know i guess we'll maybe learn more maybe pam will come by with the baby in a couple episodes you know yeah at the christmas party or something like that you know that's interesting that you say that because i don't really think about it i mean it,
2: it was and you know we said that last week the um the water bottle strapped to the thigh that that was it was a way to kind of simulate the birth but yet not and mm-hmm. so we're done with it and they were they they banked it you know it's like okay we're over with this we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about it anymore we're not going to have any more stuff with it um and that's fine because we don't really like that stuff anyway <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see what happens i mean, it, it is kind of weird though that they didn't even mention the fact that he had his child, yep. you know I mean, <laughs> so you think the proud father would want to at least say something, you know, whatever eight pounds nine ounces blah blah, blah. Uh, but uh apparently he was too busy running and jumping and climbing and stuff <laughs> <laughs> to talk about his kid well. So, Kevin, I guess we've we've, uh, finally come after nine episodes or so. We've broken this back down into two different plot lines. So, obviously, the A and the B plot here. We're going to start with the A plot with Andy Baines Bernard. And who is stopping in the office but old Mrs. California?
0: In four seconds, my wife is going to be coming through that door. I told her she can work here under no circumstances. She cannot be allowed to happen. There you are, honey. How on earth did you miss the elevator? <laughs> what was that?
3: I don't know. He wasn't talking to me. But if I were <laughs> you, I wouldn't hire his wife.
0: I'd like to introduce my wife, Mrs. Robert California. Mrs. California, this is everyone. Hello.
7: call Hello. Hello. Oh, me Susan,
0: please. Last night at dinner, Susan and I were talking about her returning to work. So she's here today to see if there's a good fit. Something tells me it just might work out. (laughs) This is Andy Bernard, the regional manager. Hello,
1: nice to meet you. Hey there, it's a pleasure. Welcome.
0: Andy, would you be so kind as to show Susan around the office, introduce her to various departments, find a place where
1: she'll shine? I would love to, but I have to be completely honest with you guys. We're 100% staffed up.
0: Andy, let's see if there's a good fit first. Then we'll talk.
2: (laughs) All right. (laughs) So Andy, obviously there's a couple of different things in there. Andy thinks he's going to have it over with right there, that one line. And I think that's what throws him is that he thinks that Robert's going to play along with him. And then when he kicks back like that, he's really not sure what to do because he's equally vehement in saying, do not hire her. As he is and saying, you better hire her.
6: <laughs> well, the other thing too was if you notice the way he was, the Robert was delivering that line. He was saying under no circumstances, but he was nodding instead of mm-hmm, shaking right, his head, up and down. <laughs> which was yeah. kind of obviously a, mis- a mixed signal there as well. <laughs> I mean, but it was Jim, funny. Jim, Jim seemed to pick up. I wouldn't hire his wife.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jim, nice, nice dick move there. <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't talking to me. <laughs> 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 he's not going to be involved. Andy needs help. He's confused. You know, He's baffled. Uh, Jim is leaving him on his own. You're right. That was a pretty funny delivery there with that line, though, is I, I think you better not hire her. Um, the other thing in there, um, at this point, actually, who is Andy regionally managing? Can I ask you that question since they called him regional manager? He's managing the people in the office
6: that aren't part of corporate
2: Uh, Well, then why is he not just the manager like Michael was? I mean, are there any branches left of Dunder
6: Mifflin aside from this one? The the branch manager, regional manager nomenclature has always been incorrect in this show because Michael's always been – technically the regional manager but he's always been essentially the branch manager
2: but isn't the regional manager the manager of the region like wouldn't you be over the other managers of the individual branches
6: absolutely but <laughs> it but the show like i said it, it's been wrong the whole part of the series
2: ah uh, okay well i just i don't know that's not really apropos of much in here but it just struck me as, as a little weird um did you think it was strange that the two of them were dressed almost exactly alike
6: Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't (laughs) notice that on my first viewing, but I definitely noticed it on the second. And yeah, they were addressed exactly alike—the black with the, what is that, uh, sort of a teal green—and yeah, uh, yeah, very interesting.
2: So, (laughs) yeah, kind of strange. Uh, So I mean, I guess you know maybe this is really obvious, and I'm I'm probably stating the incredibly obvious, but I mean we're assuming here that uh, that wife wanted to come back to work. Robert wanted to be the great husband, so he promised her the moon. Uh, Secretly, he doesn't want her there, and so he is just trying to play the good guy to his wife. I mean, that's the whole point of this plot line, right?
6: Yep. No husband has ever done anything ridiculous like this,
2: (laughs) ever. No, I believe that. I would believe that. The only thing that's kind of weird is the idea that, again, the logistics of this whole thing is, I mean... As the CEO of the company that used to be based in Tallahassee, Florida, I mean, is he not out of the, I mean, is he not traveling? Is he not out of the Scranton branch quite often? I mean, yeah, but that FP. I, pee-
6: <laughs> I get the sense that he's local, has been in the Pennsylvania area for a while. That is an interesting point that, you know, there's a plot point that we haven't heard about for sure, whether yeah. he is from Florida or he is from Pennsylvania or someplace else. I mean, he had some business there about understanding that he needs to get to the ATM machine before the, <laughs> the, the homeless, homeless guy camps out or whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand that he's a local, but, you know, that was the Sabre headquarters um, was in Florida, that big giant building and all that kind of stuff. So more unanswered questions, as you said. Well, before we derail this whole podcast, let's go on. So Andy is taking Mrs. California on a tour of the office, trying to find that perfect fit for her. And first stop... Aaronville. All right, the DM Express is pulling out. Hey, right,
7: well, it's
1: really nice to meet you, Brian. Ah, uh, It's actually Ryan.
7: Oh, Ryan. Yeah.
1: Bitch. <laughs> we will start here at Erinville. Hi. Hi. Oh. Oh. Reception, classic <laughs> one-man operation.
3: Although I was watching a movie and Meryl Streep had two secretaries.
1: I was watching a movie and a bunch of apes took over San Francisco. <laughs> Just saying.
0: <laughs> two secretaries could convey a sense of... Importance and success to our clients. Certainly worth exploring, wouldn't you agree, Andy? I'll explore exploring it. Good. <laughs> Seems like you have this under control, so I'll just duck out and run the company for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah, goes into the conference room and runs the company, apparently.
6: <laughs> I love that Planet of the Apes line.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Andy, I mean, it's a thing. Everyone... Maybe he just doesn't have enough time. But instead of telling everyone what's going on at first, you know they're all just being wonderful and, and, and nice and accommodating. And he again is further frustrated by the fact that you know they're trying to find ways to help her, and he is trying to stymie the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, movies, whatever. So funny stuff. Well, we move on to the next. Station. the next stop on the Dunder Mifflin Express, which is the sales desk. And here, I don't know what I really think about this whole thing because Jim, for some reason, just seems really unable to uh, be mean or unable to kind of play false with Mrs. California here. Um, And Dwight is just weird.
1: Okay, uh, next stop on the tour, sales. Here we go, station stop. Jim Halpert, oh boy, our resident truth teller. (laughs) All right, have at it. Let it rip. What do you hate about this place?
3: Well, it's sales. So you have to be able to live in the world of rejection.
5: Maybe you do. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dwight. Sales is really not so hard, okay? It's paper. We have it, and they want it so bad they are willing to pay for it. (laughs) Jim, well, it's not that easy. It's kind of sometimes difficult. It's the second easiest job in the world. being a mom.
7: I love shopping,
1: and sales is just the other side of that. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You know, if you joined our sales department, you would be working very closely with our department head, Mr. Dwight Schrute. That's me. Dwight, why don't you tell Susan about some of your hobbies? Oh. Survival skills, Mm -hmm. (laughs) ranking of animals. Maybe over a beer after she's closed her first sale.
7: (laughs) Well, make that a red wine, and I'll tell you my animal rankings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how am I supposed to pull this off? The entire office is being nicer to her than they've ever been to me. What I wouldn't give for one of Phyllis' classic room-clearing farts right now.
2: (laughs) I mean, there's some funny stuff in there. And again, though, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, what do you think about Dwight basically belittling his own job? Does that seem to fit his character, to say that sales is so easy to do?
6: Well, I think he's trying to be nice about providing an opportunity for her to shine or not. And Why would he potentially... be nice? Why would Dwight be nice? He's not nice. Well, because, well, it, mm, I, okay, I guess, <laughs> fair enough. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I I did think that Jim was trying to do the right thing there to talk about how difficult it was and all this kind of business in his Way. Yeah. And it was kind of funny. The, you know, the Andy again was trying to like play up the Dwight isms <laughs> and it just wasn't quite landing. And uh, to your point earlier, Andy hasn't had an opportunity to bring Dwight aside as the number two and say, look, here's what's going down. You have to help get this done. And you'd think you'd just sort of, you know, put a coin in and let him go would get her out of the office as quickly as possible. But the problem is, is that. He's in this plot line up to this point, and then he's sort of out of pocket with the other plot line, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have any part in the rest of that business.
2: Well, I don't know if you picked up on this, Kevin. A couple of weeks ago, you and I were having a little debate about a line that Andy threw out about how Dwight supposedly has these new responsibilities. Um, and we were wondering what the hell that was talking about. I don't know if you picked up on this, but right there, you know, Andy says, Here's Dwight, the head of sales.
6: Yes, yes. So, indeed. I, I, Makes I sense. guess
2: we missed that, and maybe they never put that up on the deleted scenes or something, but it seems kind of a big deal, you know, uh, because well, they've had internal fights and arguments and all that kind of stuff back and forth, you know, with Jim and Stanley and Phyllis and, you know, all that kind of stuff with uh, the sales team. So that seems kind of like a big thing to have Dwight just all of a sudden be in charge of the sales department.
6: Well but it stands to reason if he's the number two in the office and everyone seems to be calling him that, that he'd also be the head of sales in that respect. I
2: don't know. I still think it's kind of a big deal. It's it's like a whole episode could have revolved around that whole promotion or whatever you want to call it there. Um so I mean again, to me it's kind of funny, like the stuff that I mean, I like the setup in the in the frustration with Andy, you know, it's like, Oh boy, here's a resident truth teller. You know, he's he's just ready for Jim to lay it on, you know, be all super cynical. About how everything sucks and everything's terrible, and the, like you said, well, queerer off by you know having Dwight be really weird and all that kind of stuff, and it just you know frustrated. Great, I like that stuff.
6: Yep, I think he Jim Jim didn't oversell the pain of being a salesperson. That's for <laughs> sure, right? So
2: there we go. Um, and after a couple of stops, you know, we get over to. Accounting, visit all the other people, and they go into, uh, you know, kind of this final discussion. You know, can't you find a job for my wife? And Andy, unfortunately, is unable to resist Robert's dual uh, directives.
0: Are you telling me that there is no one in this entire office that could use an extra pair of hands? Yes. I am the CEO
1: and I am telling an employee of mine what to do. Let me beat around the bush for a second. <laughs> Our chairman of the board has some very strong feelings. Robert, about me. it's all right.
7: This is very uh, uncomfortable. I, I, obviously, there's no place for me here. So thank you for trying. Why don't we just let it go?
1: No, okay.
0: absolutely not. No. Andrew, there must be something you can do. There must be. Think. Well, there are a lot of considerations. I would be Eternally grateful. It's not a bad thing to have the CEO owe
1: you one. All right. Well, then welcome aboard.
2: (laughs) So, as we said, which way to turn? Andy is just so uh, unsure of himself there that he does exactly the opposite thing of what he was told to
6: do. well, he also did the thing he was told to do. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so which Robert to believe and uh, you know, he gives him the kinda gives him the stink eye after that.
6: Right, and there was that business with the call from Gamma, you oh, know, yeah. don't hire her and all this business. Why and- can't
2: you repeat the things I say? Or <laughs> whatever he says to him. Gam gam, uh-huh. yeah. Why aren't you taking your med meds or <laughs> whatever? so it's kind of amusing yeah you have to get rid of her what are you doing this and that and all that kind of stuff well Andy finally realizes his position he's got to try to get rid of her and like you said you know unfortunately the rest of the office are being nice and accommodating and they're being wonderful and lovely well that has got to stop
7: did
1: you bring your passport with you?
7: who walks around with their passport?
1: well I do I was ready for adventure have you had any? no <laughs> hey, uh, guys. So Robert doesn't want his wife working here, so now that she is, we have to drive her away. Andy, if you didn't want her working here, then why did you hire her? Oscar, it was a mistake, <laughs> but one that can be fixed by all of us being mean to her. How can we do that? Yeah. She's simply wonderful. This is all <laughs> pathetic. I am not asking, I am ordering. How mean are we talking about? It would be great if she were gone by lunch. Yeah, you
0: need to be over here with us accountants. (laughs) Just sit here and be quiet. And if you have a question, just raise your hand. But I'm going to save you some time, sweetie, and give you the answer now. I don't
3: know. (laughs) No, I don't think we should be trying to make this place seem unpleasant. I think we should let this place just crush your spirit by itself. I mean, it knows what it's
2: doing. And that is a really funny line by Jim there, although I guess it would have been funnier if he would have said something like, yeah, it only takes about nine years for that to kick in. Um, I mean, here he is still working here.
6: (laughs) Yes, exactly. After all that time. Although, when did his spirit get crushed? Probably, what, season four, five, maybe? Uh, I think it was way before that. (laughs) I think he was already crushed in season one, wasn't he? But yeah, it was well, for one thing in that in that montage there it was nice to see Kevin actually acting sort of smart that he picked up on what he needed to do and did actually a good job. Right. And the funny business with the you know, I know with the perfect stapler from Aaron and she <laughs> brings this little tiny thing. So
2: it was all right. And uh, all this other kind of nonsense with the, uh, you know, Oscar's Blackberry being passed around. and
6: Right, yes, that lunchroom scene, and <laughs> that's what I think sets off this next uh, clip where she kind of puts the pieces together. But it, it was funny, the, the tension there between Oscar and Jim, where Jim was still trying to be the nice guy and not drive her away, basically, even though he'd gotten the order from Andy. So
2: Yeah, some, and was, there was a lot of funny lines in there, that stuff about how mean do you want us to be? It'd be great if she was gone by lunch. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So it was a good setup there. Everyone in the office is finally on board, and they actually help yep. Andy there, except, like you said, Jim is the only one that really doesn't help out that much. Uh, good old nice guy, Jim. But uh, as you said, Susan is no dummy, and she starts to put the pieces Together, that something fishy is going on.
7: I get it. Last time I had a job, I remember I hated the boss's wife. Of course, she was married to Robert. Your employees don't seem to be taking to me.
0: Andy! Uh, Andrew, my wife has brought up an issue that requires your attention. If you'll excuse me, I should step out get to the ATM before that homeless man sets up camp for the night. (laughs) You hate it, don't you? You Do
7: you not want me here?
1: Why would you say that?
7: Okay. I I understand. I'm not sure how I would feel about having the boss's wife work for me either.
1: It's not that. Exactly.
7: But it is something. Why would you not want me working here? I don't know. (laughs) I think I understand what you're going through. My husband can be a very difficult man to read, can't he? Yes. The dude is an enigma.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> so he is mixed up in this, isn't
2: he? <laughs> Got it. So that is, I mean, it's kind of funny. Again, Andy is sort of outwitted there. Uh-huh. He's, he's so desperate for uh, for a, an ally that he <laughs> basically spills the entire pot of beans uh to Mrs. California
6: without actually uttering a technically a word.
2: Well, right? at first, and at this point though, then he <laughs> basically just gives, you know, he tells her the whole thing and right. and they're having this big discussion while Roberts out there theoretically at the ATM perhaps. But see,
6: but see this was the whole sequence where I thought attorney, did a good job peppering him. She's always bringing an intelligence to her roles. And a believability of the, of the of the intelligence that you don't sometimes get from other actresses. Yeah. And so b- being able to sort of think, you could see that she was a couple steps ahead of Andy and really kind of pushing him where she wanted him in that sequence. And I really liked that.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll give it to you there. That was probably the biggest, you know, the, these next few minutes are the most demanding part of the role that she had. And I thought, you know, she pulled it off fairly well. Um this idea of knowing that she's not really wanted. Um, And again, you know, that kind of funny line in there, I guess, or that not really funny, but weird line about how she, you know, was the other woman or stole Robert away from his ex-wife and that kind of thing. So who Mm -hmm. knows where that is going to lead uh, in our later plot line. But, um, you know... (sighs) So that's the thing. You know, they go out there. They have that big confrontation in the office there between the two of them. And um, Robert comes back. And at this point, Andy just is so happy to be able to kind of express himself and tell the truth. Uh, <laughs> he thinks he's almost in the clear. But alas, uh, he is wrong. That's the thing. See, I didn't want to get in the middle of this.
7: Andy and I had a great conversation and i just want to let you know that i am not going to be working here well that's a shame it just was one of those things is it because we talked about it and it seems like that might be what you want which is fine
0: where did this come from did andy say that no
7: he did not but i could tell he was
0: struggling to understand what was expected what's the struggle he made a great call hired a great person you sure about that (laughs) absolutely no games no game
7: because Andy seemed to think there was some information he was not able to share okay, with me. Okay, enough of this.
0: I mean, really enough. It's gotten way out of hand, Andrew. This is my wife. Whatever privacy you were trying to protect between us, I thank you for. But it is
1: not welcome right now. Just be honest. I mean, it was kind of funny, actually. Robert storms in, and he says, in four seconds, my wife's going to be in here. I told her she could work here. Under no circumstances can that be allowed to happen. (laughs) Lying son of a bitch. (laughs) I tell the truth most of the time, and I was just telling the truth about your husband. Jim knows. He was there. (laughs) This is preposterous. Robert. Let's get Jim in here.
0: (laughs) Where's Jim?
2: All right, and then that leads to the he (laughs) rolled and then crawled uh, away bit and uh, the shots of him running and, uh, (laughs) you know, call security, (laughs) which got really uh, very Simpsons-y to me. You know, before I was going to say this with the clip six, right when they call Andy into the conference room, you you actually cut out one of my favorite little bits of business where he comes walking in there like (laughs) a robot robot. He's like, what is the problem (laughs) or something like that? I don't know why. It was so stupid, but uh, just the classic little bit of Ed Helms wackiness that I enjoyed.
6: Yeah, and it's funny because Andy keeps throwing these little Andyisms in front of Robert and it never seems to be endearing. So I don't know why he continues <laughs> to throw them in.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, maybe he just keeps hoping. Or otherwise, you know, that's just Andy. He it's yep. just the way he is.
6: Well, that that lying son of a bitch line just was a highlight for me and again the way it was delivered for spader very well done
2: it was But you think at that point that maybe andy would be kind of like crapping his pants or something i don't know it looked we, like he was yeah but i don't know if we <laughs> I, I don't know i mean it seems like at, the, at some point maybe that he would just be even more like break down or just flip out or something like i don't know what you want from me you know kind of thing um and it never really got to that point but uh not then 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 it becomes at you know say at this point then it just becomes a foot race to try to find Jim uh and then we get the shots of him in the parking lot and the guy closing the gate and then leaving the car running and climbing up the emergency escape ladder to the roof and, and there's a there. yeah <laughs> you know is that a, what does he say something like yeah I was never here and he's like oh what about your friend or something like that and uh, he's like flying a remote control helicopter on the roof yeah. or yeah. something um And then somehow Jim's coming down the other entrance, and then they're sitting there at the bottom waiting for him. And then they grab his leg and pull him down. And yeah, there's really not a lot of dignity left uh, at that point. So what what is there really left to do? They ask Jim uh, about what he knows and what he's seen and what he thinks about having a wife work in the office. That's the thing. See, I didn't want to get in the middle of this. Still don't. But
3: here's something. I feel that maybe if we take a step back, this is a simple case of anxiety to work with a spouse.
1: (laughs) I think we got ourselves an answer. (laughs) I mean, that makes complete sense, right? Thank you all for a wonderful day. Perfect.
7: Jim. Yes. Answer the question, please.
3: (sighs) To be really honest, my wife works here, and I love it. She literally makes me work harder. She makes me smarter. She makes me remember why I'm here. In between. (laughs) between us she's on maternity leave right now and I would love to leave this room and see her face I would love it I don't know how this helps but it's just what I'm thinking
1: alright thanks yes alright great Andy hey Mrs. California
7: hey uh I'm sorry about the position you're put in today
1: you know honestly we all wanted you to work there except for him especially me
7: (laughs) yes I thought we really hit it off yeah well, different circumstances. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe after all this settles down. Totally. It's a date.
2: Hmm? Okay, so super weird and awkward there. And I think it's kind of funny, too. It's Andy's so stupid, even that at this point, he's sort of like knocking Robert, you know, to like try to make himself look better. <laughs> to the wife of you know i mean it's kind of strange that he well yeah everyone liked you except for him so i don't know you know what was going on with that i
6: I don't know that that was a big slam on robert i think he was just trying to be nice to say we liked you and we would have all liked to have you but you know he's the boss and he obviously didn't obviously want you to be here so kind of had to follow his lead all right well i guess we will have to
2: see if and when that plot line comes back because it was very weird and very strange and seems to be fraught with peril for Andy, Baines, Bernard. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's put the A plot to bed. Let's go into the B plot here, the Dwight builds a gym plot. And I think, again, in one of the last two episodes that we did here, we both talked about this whole thing, like what's going on with Dwight owns the building plot line. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here they are. Dwight's going to open a gym in the building, which actually does sort of seem to make some sense. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not quite the dream gym that Daryl has been hoping for.
5: Remember how you said that you were looking for a place in the office to do calisthenics and aerobics? Uh, Weightlifting, yeah. Well, today's your lucky day. I have opened, in this very office building, Dwight Schrute's Gym for Muscles. Want to take a look? I'll take a look. Your path from obesity begins right here. I've been meaning to join a gym for my health i used to say i wanted to live long enough to see a black president i didn't realize how easy that would be so now i want to live long enough to see a really really gay president or supermodel (laughs) president i want to see all the different kinds of presidents a gym turns fat into cash
2: well i wasn't a huge fan of dwight's kind of dumb lines about how like the giant bms bust the pipe rivets and all that stuff but the uh That Daryl stuff there with the president, I want to live to see all the president. I don't know. (laughs) I thought that was a pretty funny line. Um, And, you know, more information there on his wanting to build himself up, you know, to to look good for for old Val, especially after Gabe kind of ripped on him a couple weeks ago for being the Michelin man.
6: Well, and there was even the little macho line there that he was not interested in calisthenics, but he was into weightlifting Mm -hmm. because that's more manly, right?
2: (laughs) Exactly. But, you know... That's how
6: that's how fans got to be cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you know <laughs> what? When Dwight opened that door to show us Dwight's gym, did we have any expectation that it would be filled with actual equipment? Nah. We'd expect to see in a gym?
2: No, I don't think we did. I mean, obviously, <laughs> um <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I mean, that was a, a very dwighty, shrewdy Sort of thing that we're expecting like all these old timey sorts of things. I'm surprised they didn't have any of those like, uh, you know how in those old timey cartoons with the, uh, the big burly guys with the handlebar mustaches and the like the tiger striped leotards? You know they're like um they have those like, like weights with like the little rings welded on the end that usually say like a thousand pounds on the side right. you know what I'm talking about like those are old. those big spring things, <laughs> yeah, or uh some other like a big medicine ball or maybe one of those like belts that wiggles your stomach around uh-huh. uh some like super old timey kind of stuff that would have been pretty funny, uh although yeah, what did he have like I said he had the gravel buckets and the uh wood chopping station and the tin snipping station. <laughs> and hit the tire with a hammer station so you know all the best stuff I mean I don't know if Rocky Balboa could bulk up that way in Rocky 4 you know you think it's good enough for Daryl ah well we will see in any case Daryl is none too happy with Dwight's shenanigans no no this is not a gym. this is like a scene out of Saw 5
5: you haven't even looked around yet look dedicated phone book ripping station You ever cut tin before? No. Five yards in, and your forearms will be on fire. Plus, I will buy the tin back from you that you cut for two cents a yard. Obviously, you you know how a gym works. So you know I'm not going to pay money for this.
2: You want people to come to your gym? Make a real gym. So of course, there's some stuff that you cut out there, Dwight, doing this sort of stupid. Well, the first month is forty nine ninety nine, and then the right. third month is nineteen ninety nine, and then the fourth month is the double price month. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> and you just got to sign here and that kind of stuff. So I mean, yeah, I, I kind of gave away, I
6: guess, some of the stuff in the clip <laughs> in my discussion, but uh, but yeah. Uh, but see, that was, the, that was the perfect amount of sort of that shrewdy stuff, like you were saying. Right. We got a little bit of that. It didn't be belabored. And then you, you, immediately we see the moving van with real gym equipment coming in. And then thus the uh, – not the hilarity, the emotional resonance ensues. Exactly. So this is going to take a turn for the
2: maudlin in just a second. So – uh Daryl and Dwight have the big argument about, you know, what's going on here? What are you doing? Um, Dwight rips on Daryl because he's just sitting there, you know, like, what are you doing? Wade? You know, lifting these five pound weights and you're on the treadmill for eight minutes and, you know, all this kind of nonsense. And he yells at him and says the stuff about I'm going to make you look like LeBron James and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, well, eventually we do get a nice cathartic response. What do you think you're doing?
5: him a sweat on I build you this temple to the human body And you're lifting what, 5 pounds? I just did like 35 minutes on the treadmill I was watching you, you wanna know how long it really was? No 8 minutes Dude, I'm gonna be here all week, right? 5 days a week, I figure I'll start slow Is that the same philosophy you apply to buffalo wings? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to bring that same buffalo wing passion to this gym I'm gonna make you look like LeBron James It's LeJean Brames that's what I said. Yeah. Really? Too embarrassing for you, huh? You wish that every exercise was stretching around the gym like the Fonz? Well, how do you think the Fonz
3: got so cool? He stretched his pelvic bowl. <clears throat> I didn't know Daryl joined. Looks that way. Nice pelvic bowl. Deep.
5: You're nothing! You're so weak! You call yourself a man? Huh? This doesn't help me. I don't respond to that kind of strategy. Okay, fine. Finish your set on your own and never come back to my gym again. Dwight, come back and spot me. All right, I'll help you. But first, you got to tell me what your goal is. What do you want? To push this bar up. No, because if that was the case, the bar would be up by now. What is your goal? Help me. What do you want? To look good for Val. Val Kilmer? Uh. I don't buy it. That doesn't make any sense. Uh. (laughs) Wow. We figured
2: out your goal. I am going to make you the buffest dude Val Kilmer has ever seen. <laughs> as much as I think that's a stupid line, I don't know. It still makes me laugh, so I guess there is yep. the duality of this episode. Not really fitting maybe 100% into the universe, but still somewhat funny lines.
6: Well, Dwight being this sort of arrogant, pushy guy it was always... Good for a little yarn here. And again, you get a little bit of sense of what's in Daryl's head, which is always appreciated as well. So yeah. not terrible from a B-plot standpoint, just it's too bad they left some of the funny stuff out and had a lot. There was some repetition in terms of the you know, Dwight pushing Daryl along this path a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I guess this brings me to the question. I, I think I kind of brought this up before. Is um, I mean, is Craig Robinson wearing a fat suit? right now or is he i I don't think so because then you know if if the the arc of the plot's going to be for him to get you know slimmed and trimmed you know are they going to actually go through
6: with that or is he just going to kind of give up on it Um, well maybe val doesn't like a slim and trim guy (laughs) well i suppose yeah (laughs) maybe maybe that's the deciding factor between (laughs) gabe and daryl
2: yeah she likes the full-figured man fat and skinny all right (laughs) he likes that cleveland brown look can't beat that all right (laughs) yeah so i i don't know we'll see what happens i guess with that uh daryl has made it obviously obvious to what he's going after so what Mm -hmm. will happen with the dwight or and the gabe and daryl and val love triangle i i don't personally really care but i guess we'll see (laughs) what happens all right well a couple of deleted scenes and as we said these are relatively funny and really would have been much better than the cold open so let's take a listen
3: they say that if you can strengthen your core it improves your sexual performance so you will find me on the ab blaster and then you will find me blasting um, (laughs) a very nice young woman
7: gotta get in shape we do an iron man next month and I want him to be attracted to me.
5: Hey, what are you listening to? Steve Martin. <laughs> I'm fine.
7: Um, where's the shower?
5: There's no shower. There isn't? What does this look like? A shower store? Get lost.
7: You have got to be
3: <laughs> kidding me. No
5: shower. Exercise lengthens life improves mood, boosts sex drive, and I've already covered the BM of it all,
1: it's miraculous the effect that I will have on their lives. Alberto Californo doesn't want to work with his wife. I get it. And he wants to give his wife a job. Totally get it. What I am struggling with is the part of this that's impossible. (laughs) I love my wife.
3: This whole thing is making me very uncomfortable. I'm not getting in between the boss and his wife, so just ask me about something else. You know, Stanley's tie is really the story of the day.
0: <laughs> it's my birthday.
3: <laughs> okay, so what I was on his tie? Luckily, I have a 2 A
0: fish. One, yeah, okay. run,
3: two, hide. That's pretty smart, right? Hi, how you doing? I'm Jim Halpert from across the hall. We are redoing our supply closet, and I was wondering if I could take a look at yours for some ideas.
7: Uh, Let me just check with Bob. You
3: absolutely should. He said it was okay, so until you get him, I'll just be in, you know.
7: (laughs) Bob, Jim (laughs) just went into the closet.
1: Oh, he's always one step ahead of us. How does he do that? This is insulting. This whole
0: accusation is insulting. Come on
2: uh so some good good stuff in there the you know it's it's pretty funny the whole you know, it was good to see all the office people actually in the gym you know it was it was some funny business and and kind of made reference to some weird stuff like a couple of weeks ago i think they made some line about Meredith being a lady boxer or something so here she was hitting the speed bag and uh you know the, the thing with the shower and there was a kind of funny visual joke where after everybody works out they're all sweaty and right disgusting <laughs> and andy's like fanning his nose <laughs> so uh, it was you know some good good stuff and it's too bad that it was cut although i guess we did get to see it so <sighs> good times good times my friend
6: uh any messages yeah just a fax oh
0: and this is from corporate how I many know, times have I-, I told you that there's a special filing cabinet for things from corporate
6: You
4: have
0: to call oh, the waste paper basket <laughs> <laughs> did we
4: get a fax this
7: morning yeah. uh yeah
6: the one why didn't uh want to get it you
7: put it in the garbage can that was a special filing cabinet yeah
3: uh that was a joke
2: all right, well, we got a couple of news items this week. Before we get into that, let's talk about ways you can help to support. That's what she said if you so desire. One way to do that is to, well, to get a free trial from uh, audible.com. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, digital versions of tens of thousands of audiobooks for download to your computer, iPod, phone, Android device, iDevice, whatever you have. They have a thing. For it, even on your Kindle, if you would so like to hear it that way. Um, you know, you go to audiblepodcast.com slash she said, and you can get a free book credit. Uh, it's a 14-day trial. You go there, sign up, get your free book, quit immediately. We still get the 10 bucks, So everyone there, it's a win, 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 win for all involved. And I know, obviously, every single podcast I listen to has this Audible Sponsorship, so perhaps that is already booked up. Maybe you've already signed up for that. Well, one other way you can do that is to just go to our blog page at twsspodcast.com dot com and click on the PayPal donate link. Any amount of money you can spare is not a recurring thing. It's not a subscription. Just you know anything that you can spare to help us improve the show, to help us keep doing this. You know, Kevin and I both have lives. We have jobs. Uh, Kevin has family and kids. I I don't, but I have a horrible state governor that I'm trying to recall. So I'm quite busy during the day, so any bit you can help, we would appreciate that. Now, the other way, the third way, probably the best way that you can help out, because this really is a win-win-win situation for all involved, is to go through our Amazon link at twsspodcast.com. Click on the little Amazon box. Anything you order from Amazon through our link, we will get a few percentage points back. So just please think of us if you're going to order that new flat screen TV or a new computer or something big. Eh, whatever. Something small, whatever it is, we get a one or two, you know, not even that much, but a little small percentage kicked back in our direction. Your prices stay the same. You know, you don't know any any different. So Everyone is happy with that situation. So three ways you can help out. Now, I don't really have an Audible pick this week. I'm not uh, really currently reading anything right now, Kevin. So I don't know. Do you have anything to uh,
6: recommend? I'd just say that Mindy Kaling's book is still out there on Audible, and I've been reading some of it in print, and it seems like a pretty interesting book. So it certainly would be one you might want to take advantage of with the free offer with Audible.
2: All right. Well, we do have some sad Perhaps sad news here for our first news item, Kevin, so why don't you take it away?
6: Yeah, so Patrice O'Neill died from complications from a diabetes-related stroke uh, last week, and O'Neill had struggled with diabetes and weight issues for several years. He was best known for fans of The Office for playing the warehouse worker Lonnie, who was famously called a sea monster by Kelly due to his weight. He appeared in three episodes, which were Basketball, Boys and Girls, and Safety Training, so and within the comic comedian community, he seemed to be very well respected. So very shocking and sad news.
2: Yeah, was that, I? I don't know if I saw it right, but I think this dude was only like forty-one or something. Is that? Yeah, okay. Young. So young, young life. They're taken. Well, I shouldn't say that, but he's one year older than me. But but still, uh, yeah, that seems kind of kind of tragic. We hadn't seen him in the warehouse crew. Maybe he was one of the guys that won the lottery, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Sad enough, so too bad. Rest in peace there, Sea Monster. Well, I don't know what I think about this, Kevin. To me, this sort of sounds like a, a, a April Fool's Day joke. Uh-huh. Um, the headline reads, Buy Real Dunder Mifflin Paper. According to the Wall Street Journal, Dunder Mifflin will be a new brand of copy paper available on staplesquill.com. The new paper comes through a licensing deal with NBC's parent company, Comcast, Uh, the wall street journal reports that comcast will receive about six percent of revenue from dunder mifflin paper sales dunder mifflin paper packages will come with slogans from the show such as our motto is quabity first and get your scrant on so are we at the point really are we going to buy novelty copy paper (laughs) for our copy machines
6: The one thing you can say about The Office and one of the reasons it continues to be a show that NBC invests in is that the fans have been very good about buying all this stuff, the bobbleheads, all the different merchandise things. And it has crossed over into a mainstream uh, non-fan audience as well, The things you can buy for the show. Mm -hmm. So, you know what, if. If I was in some store if I was online wanting to buy paper and Dunder Mifflin paper was there and it was the same price, I might buy that instead of random generic. I
2: I guess, but it's not going to be the same price, though. You know that. But but see, the thing is, Matt, (laughs) I want paper and they will sell it to me. Yeah, I want it so bad that (laughs) they'll actually give us
6: money for it. I'll be willing to pay for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck with that. Staples. I I don't know if you know. I, I nutty fans I'm sure will buy a ream or two or maybe a box of Dunder Mifflin paper to have in their home office or something. But uh, I I can't imagine this being a big seller to the regular office. Well, Matt, you never know. It might end <laughs> up in your stocking this Christmas. Ooh, all right, man. I can't wait to stock my school copier with official Dunder Mifflin paper. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning twenty percent more fun. <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right. Well, if you can't get enough our of our brilliant insights, you can follow Matt and me on Twitter. That's Twitter.com slash summer and Twitter dot com slash Kevin Crossman and these are the personal accounts. But you can go to twitter.com slash TWSS Podcast for the dedicated That's what she said feed, where we have little tidbits, we have my post Thursday thoughts on the show, and of course the link to the episode once it is announced. And you can also go to NBC.com slash the office to check out all the Twitter people that are from the office there as well. And this week, Matt, we do have an actual cast blog or tweet (laughs) for you. And this was a pretty interesting feature over uh, the office website on NBC.com. It was basically uh, Dwight's email you could read it and it was a bit that was uh it was like a faux email client that you could view in the website sponsored of course by yahoo mail and uh, there was some pretty funny business that i will read okay. unless you want to take the part of uh well no let me just read it so this is the email from dwight no plans for the holiday don't be an idiot and stand alone on your stupid place Come on down to Shroop Farms, where our Thanksgiving dinner features a scrumptious meal served with all the traditional fixins. (laughs) Highlights include Borch, local game meat murdered by Moe's, pickled eggs and beet juice, roasted beets, corn mush, and a delightful winter salad. $65 per plate. Trades considered RSVP mandatory. Okay, and Phyllis responds,
2: what do you mean by local game meat? (laughs)
6: <laughs> and an the email from Dwight. It all depends on what kind of day Moses is having. He brought back many a plump turkey in the past, a few geese, a three legged rabbit, and once a crawfish from Leech Creek. He's an excellent hunter, but if his vertigo acts up, he tends to stumble and scare the best animals away. All right, and Aaron Pipe chimes in with the that sounds like a blast,
2: but Ryan's making me cook all the food for his Thanksgiving singles mixer. Maybe next
6: year. I just think that's funny that you can just, you know, this little backstory of Ryan, you know, controlling Ryan. Yeah,
2: where make, is that? It's like a whole different, like, I want to know what happened with that. It's yeah, just a yeah, little mail message there.
6: And there was a little business this week with his, uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know some charity or foundation yeah. or something. And he was wishes all mad that
2: dreams or whatever. Yeah, he was
6: mad that he, his pitch got
2: interrupted, but <laughs> he was yeah, rolling role eyes. his wife. So, all right. Uh, so check that out at NBC.com. I guess I got to go take a look at it. Uh, the next episode to air is airing this week. Christmas wishes, the annual Christmas episode directed by Ed Helms and written by stalwart old writer, Mindy Kaling that will air December 8th, 2011 Andy attempts to make everyone's Christmas wishes come true while Robert drinks too much at the Christmas party. So, uh, as we said, pretty bland, sort of boring-sounding description. Uh, there's so many Christmas episodes and so many really good ones uh, and, and a few stinkers. So will this be as good as Christmas party? Will it be as bad as Moroccan Christmas? Only time will tell, I guess. Whoa. Whoa. Video iPod.
5: I gave Ryan an iPod. Did I know this Russian website where you can download songs for two cents a piece. I'll take the
6: iPod. iPod.
0: Everyone wants the iPod. This is awesome.
6: I know. It's totally going to change the way I work out. The iPod.
0: Maybe I should have taken the iPod.
2: I want the iPod.
4: Oh, shoot.
2: All right, well, Kevin, I, I saw this posted on the Office Facebook page, but I did not
6: watch it and did not click on it, so you're going to have to set this up here for me. So, our resident... Salesperson Stanley, otherwise known as Leslie David Baker, has a new single out, and you can watch the video on YouTube or you can go uh, to iTunes and purchase the single. It's uh, features uh, some group called NUM, which looks like the company that basically produced the single for him. It's called "To Be Simple" with a two-letter number two there, and uh, this is the this is audio from. The video. So there's a little bit of sort of, uh, business in in there that I think probably if you bought the song from iTunes, it'd be a little bit shorter, but take a listen. It is hip and happening. It's in the video. I don't know, what's narrating this? What here, what's going on?
7: So, I heard a lot of ruckus last night. Uh huh. Rupture something. But you're gonna have to warm it up in my oven.
6: Ooh.
7: I mean your oven. <laughs>
6: uh, uh, no thanks. This woman's pursuing him. Oh, well, no, Stanley, he's got a bunch of girls in the mansion with him.
2: <laughs> How does that even make any kind of sense?
6: Just can't like have women in this nice video. <laughs> oh wanted to be free. I
4: wanted to be free. I wanted to be so holding me.
2: Oh
6: my god, what can you say about that? Well, as bad as that song is, the videos—it's it, in a way better, in a way worse. It's got—it's got some weird stuff, and there's like a guy who's dressed up like Captain Jack Sparrow <laughs> okay. in this mansion, and there's all these really scantily clad girls in here, and he's walking around in some sort of pajama and bathrobe like Hugh Hefner. All
2: right, so just—I mean, he just looks like Stanley in pajamas
6: walking around the house. Well, he is what he—he he is what he looks like. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, not, he's not wearing a fat suit. <laughs> well, I mean, I just not I'm just thinking about it's like okay, I, I
2: you know, I, I appreciate somebody that wants to sing or if they like singing or something. But like, you're gonna go star yourself in a video where all these like hot babes are all over you <laughs> and stuff. I mean, the dude hits the auto tune like crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's, I, I, I was gonna say I've heard worse songs, so I guess we'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs>
1: The meaning of this email that everyone got does an email count? I've outlined the exact parameters in an email, so check your spam folder.
2: All right, well, we got a little uh, listener feedback from that's what she said episode 129, where we talked about Gettysburg. And uh, Kevin, I have I, I have to I'm gonna be honest with this, I have no idea what this guy's talking about, but uh, Sean Moody. From WKYT, apparently a reporter in Kentucky, tweeted to us and said, I think Gabe's hole in the head line in Gettysburg was a reference to when Michael joked about Lincoln in Casino Night. That may very well be, but sir, I do not remember that line in Casino Night. Do you remember what he's talking about?
6: It may also be the obvious joke when making references to Lincoln.
2: <laughs> too. Right. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite episodes of all time. Uh, however, it has been a while since I have seen that. So I will go back and check and see what you are talking about, Sean. All right. Feedback Maybe, on Mrs. Well, go ahead.
6: I was just, sorry to say <laughs> that because, you know, of course, we have to make a, yeah, a to bow drink. to our season right. two. <laughs> anyway, all right. all right. Some feedback on Mrs. California. B Check 95 wrote on the blog page. Overall, I enjoyed this episode, although I think Robert California is beginning to overstay his welcome. He didn't have any funny lines at all, and he was just a plain douchebag to Andy. Creed was used perfectly in this episode. I died when he was flying the copter on the roof. A solid B episode. <laughs> I thought there was some funny stuff from Robert
2: there, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. He is, he's just such a weird character that it's hard to get a handle on him. I think you're mostly just laughing at him being weird uh, than than anything else. Um, I don't know if he necessarily says things to be funny, like in a funny way on purpose, but uh, he's just the weird kind of guy. You know, it's funny, Creed again, you know, we talked about using him and I agree that was a pretty funny little thing with him being on the roof. He also had that weird line about how, you know, oh, this is nothing like a death cult or something from the cold open, uh, I believe. So it was kind of a weird line, but uh, Mm -hmm. all right. Um, Nick Keita wrote in and said, I've never been fond of Robert California because he seems too awesome-slash-confident of a character to be on The Office. I'm glad that they're making him more like a person in this episode by revealing more doubt or more about who he really is. My favorite part of the show is when Jim tries to run away from Andy in California. The moment when he drops his shoe is priceless. Jim still rocks without Pam. Frankly, I don't miss Pam at all. I think her pregnancy storyline was getting dull, and lately I've been digging everything Daryl. I like him with Andy. I like him with Dwight all over an enjoyable episode, so let's get into what he just said there about Pam, Kevin. Are you missing Pam or is he right that she is just dead weight?
6: She's not dead weight, that's for sure I, I, you know she's got to be gone. you know Jenna Fisher was really pregnant. she's going to miss an episode or two. That's okay, obviously, I would not want to see that character go away though
2: well, you know it's funny you say that because i'm 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 kind of agreeing with Nikita. Here in a certain way, because ever since the two of them have gotten married, and ever since she's done all this stuff where she's moved from being the receptionist to you know being a salesperson and then being the fake office manager and all these things that she's done, I, the character just doesn't really have much of a focus um, anymore. And it's hard for them to be separate from each other as different characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only thing that they seem to be able to do is to have them have these dumb little marriage fights and things back and forth, so... I don't know. I, I, I don't really miss her
6: much right now either. So I guess we'll see. All right. Well, Cal L. McFly tweeted to us, Love the episode. New story, non-Michael role for Andy. No need for staff approval in lots of laughs. Kind of sitcommy, but it worked. All right. Agree with that kind of sitcommy thing. But like I said, I guess we're just going to have to get used to the fact
2: that the, the humor is kind of subtly shifting, maybe not so subtly shifting over to uh, – to more broader sort of sitcom kind of stuff. Well, Joey said, what a great episode. One of the top three of the season for me. Love both storylines. Oh, and who doesn't want to have a great body for Val Kilmer?
6: <laughs> so good point, Joey. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, Christine wrote, one of the great things about this show is its in- ability to make you so uncomfortable that you hide under the covers like a scary movie. This is the first episode that gave me that feeling. Watching Andy squirm in the conference room with California's was great. This is why this show is not just another sitcom. That dynamic of Robert California is starting to grow on me. He is unpredictable, and that demands the group explore new sides to their comedic personality. Also, they seemed very casual about Pam's maternity leave. Big build-up last week, and only one little blurb from Jim. A talking head would have been nice.
2: Yeah, we you kind of touched on that that it was sort of weird that they they uh, dumped her off so so quickly and then no reference to the baby being born. But mm-hmm. um you know, I kind of disagree with that idea about it being too uncomfortable. I really didn't think it was uncomfortable enough. And I think it was just the fact that the situation wasn't really it wasn't I don't know, it just it really wasn't it, it wasn't like those classic super awkward Michael or super awkward David Brent kind of scenes. Um, I don't think the stakes were quite as high there. Oh, I, I don't you, know. took,
6: you took my stakes line. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's exactly We've right. all the seen steaks. too many film spotting episodes, apparently. Yeah,
6: there was definitely not high enough stakes to make that as out there and uncomfortable as you might have wanted.
2: All right. Well, finally, wrapping it up, another classic email from our friend Muck Mallard, who said, After a long string of disappointments... I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this episode. Maybe because I really don't like Robert California's character, I was finally glad to see someone call him out on his bullshit. Plus, it was great to see the minor characters like Creed, Oscar, and Kevin be used just enough, and not too much, in a caricaturish way. And of course, it gave us just enough little nuggets to keep us wanting more. Uh, for example, Mrs. California's date with Andy, Daryl finally voicing his desires for Val, my only gripe is that although I like that Pam's delivery was rather understated for this episode, I wish there could have been just a tad bit more to fill in the gap. So that definitely seems like something that should have been a deleted scene, if nothing else.
6: There was an opportunity for it. That's what she said, joke and you skipped it, Matt, but that's okay. <laughs> well, what you Thank about, you, what Muck am I Mallard? paying you for, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Muck Mallard. All right. Uh, well, I guess that's about it. So please join us in a few weeks or so for episode 131 Christmas Wishes, please send any comments or constructive compliments to twsspodcast at gmail.com or even better, visit the blog page at twsspodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, please leave positive feedback on iTunes. Definitely the feedback there helps. Music for the episode was provided by Music Alley from Mevio. Check it out at musicalley.com and remember to head on over to nbc.com slash Office. During the week for additional deleted scenes, interviews, episode recaps, fake emails, past <laughs> blogs, and more. And Matt, I want you to put yourself inside Andy Bernard's head. Okay. I'm post a little scared. The, post the conversation with Mrs. California. About the date thing? Yeah. And okay. I want you to listen to this song. We're going to keep on the hip-hop theme tonight. All right, well, for Kevin Crossman, I am Matt Summer, and
2: apparently we are out of here with some very weird song. He made love on the daily. I was paying her dues. Callie <laughs> taught me the game, but Callie changed the rules. Confused, I never knew better. Used the sweater for cheddar. She seduced <laughs> me and used me from the day that I met her. She had me bodyguarding, I'm jumpstarting. I'm drive-bying and discharging, high-speed chasing, false statements to the sergeant. I was so young and so dumb. At the time, had no funds, but fucking with young Callie, I got mo dope and mo guns. Put me on her turf and made me hustle for her trap money. Whispered in my ear, if you do good, I'll give you rap money. Sat me down one night so she can whip me with some game. Gave me pen and pad. Equipped me with some slang. Told me that I'd write about the life that she had laid out. Keep her name alive and make sure she never played out. Represent that place where we met on that Cali Kona.
6: Let the world know I got a thing for Miss California. Dude, where the fuck is that? That's by a rap artist named Jay Diggs, Mrs. All right. California. All right. Wow. Is that a Google search or how'd you come up with that? Something like that.
2: All right. Well, Kevin, again, that's why you are paid the big, <laughs> big bucks. Oh, and, and, and by the way, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty interesting to see you do the clothes there. I don't know if you've ever done that before. <laughs> So nice job on that. All right, you guys. Have a good week. Take care.